show me hate, you gon' get love from me. These ain't raps, these Hebrew spirituals. I tell them guard you like they wanna steal your glow. I started this with 60 second videos. Slight work, came up with this in like five minutes, bro. I'm thankful for this talent that he's given me. At this point, I can write about anything. No, for real, he give me songs soon as it cross my mind. I hear the beat, connect the dots, and all the bars around. We wrestle not against flesh, guard your mind. These demons see something in you that's hard to find. That's why they talking down. You can't put no fear in me, don't cross the line. I'm a work in progress. No matter what I'm going through, I know who I belong to. Them haters want to turn your smile into a frown. But never let them bring you down. I know who I belong to. to the most high happy sabbath shalom most high christ bless my name is minister masha and i'm officer daniela and this sabbath we have a elevated topic elevated topic we're not gonna get too crazy we're not gonna get too deep um but we have an elevated topic uh entitled freemasons hebrew israelites in the true secrets, all right, we're going to touch on the taboo topic of the Freemasons, Freemasonry, all right, we're going, we're going, we're going to expose some of your secrets, uh, you know, of the Freemasons, not the black Freemasons, you know, not your granddad and them who are Freemasons, but the the white Masons, the, the, the founding fathers. George Washington was a Freemason. Many of the signers of the Declaration of Independence, or the in the Constitution, rather, um, were Freemasons. And uh, we're just going to expose some of the secrets that they guard with all their, their you know, guard with their life, and they hold dear. Um, so yeah, it's a topic. Uh, like I said, we're just going to 
scratch the surface of the topic. We're not going to get too deep, but hopefully we can give a little bit of edification and, uh, and show you the importance of these things. Um, you know, Israel, we are the people, so-called blacks, Hispanics, and native Indians. We are the children of Israel. And I'll just tell you straight up from the beginning, you are the secret. This truth is the secret. That's the biggest secret on this planet. All right. The fact that the black, so-called blacks, Hispanics, and natives, we are the Israelites. That is the great secret. All right. So without further ado, let's jump into it. All right. We're going to jump into the class. Let's start out with the words of Christ. Let's go to the book of John chapter 8 verse 32. John chapter 8 and verse 32. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So Christ told us, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So the truth is that, like we mentioned, you Israelites, you are, you so-called blacks and Hispanics, you are the Israelites. That is the truth. So that truth is is going to set you free from every uh, set of bondage, mental, physical, spiritual bondages, right? Every stronghold that is on our, our people, the truth will set you free from those things. And one of the strongholds that has our people in Christianity, in the church, in our society, is Freemasonry. Because a lot of our brothers and sisters, they hold so dear to this fraternity. And they believe that they are doing things that are, are, are righteous. Or they believe that they are, uh, you know, making good men better. But we know that the laws, statutes, and commandments, that's what's good. And that's what's going to make you better. Not any man-made fraternity, you know, and brothers in these fraternities are whoremongers, alcoholics, some of them thieves or whatever, uh, all types of things, right? So the truth shall set you free, and the law is the truth. Keeping God's commandments with faith in Christ, that is the truth, as an Israelite, all right? So moving on, <clears throat> the first topic that we want to deal with, in Freemasonry is the, the legend of Hiram Abiff. The legend of so-called Hiram Abiff, right? So, the brothers that are a part of the lodge or the, the uh, you know, the fraternity of Freemasonry, they have the story of Hiram Abiff. They call him the great architect that built Solomon's temple, all right? And every mason, as he goes through his rituals, he's actually, actually reenacting parts of Hiram Abiff's life, all right? So we're going we're gonna to figure something out here about this Hiram Abiff, all right? First, let's go to the scriptures. Let's... Let's look at what the scriptures say about Hiram Abiff. 
Because you can't be a part of something that references the Bible and tells you that this is in the Bible or that's in the Bible or this is what this guy did. But then the Bible, God's word, tells you something else. So let's just look at Hiram of Beth, or Hiram, the king of Tyre, as he's called in the scriptures. Let's look at him in the in the scriptures, all right? Let's go to the book of 1 Kings. Book of 1 Kings, chapter 5, and let's start at verse 1. First Kings chapter five and verse one. And Hiram, king of Tyre, sent his servants unto Solomon, for he had heard that they had anointed him king in the room of his father. For Hiram was ever a lover of David. So Hiram was a king of Tyre. Hiram was a Hamite. All right, he was the king of Tyre, Tyre and Zidon. These, this was a Hamitic nation, and it says that Hiram was a lover of David. Right? Well, guess what? If I was around the time when King David was around, kicking butt all around me, I'd love that man too. <laughs> right? Read on. <laughs> Verse two, and Solomon sent to Hiram, saying. Thou knowest how that David my father could not build an house unto the name of the Lord, his God, for the wars which were about him on every side, unto the Lord put them under the soles of his feet. Now, I like how Solomon says to Hiram, my father cannot build a temple to the Lord, his God. Mm. So there, there's that separation there even still. He's saying to Hiram, Damn. to his face, his God. Not your God, but his God. Damn. Right? Read on. Verse 4. But now the Lord my God. The Lord my God. Mm. His God. My God. Right? The Lord my God. Had given me rest on every side. So that there is neither adversary nor evil occurrence. Right. So King David had kicked so much butt of the nations that when Solomon got on the throne, he was at peace. There was peace all around. As we mentioned, Hiram said that he loved King David, right? Yeah, because King David was kicking so much behind. You, you was either friends or enemies, right. and you ain't want to be enemies with King David, right? Read on. Verse 5. Verse 5. And behold, I propose to build an house unto the name of the Lord my God, uh -huh. as the Lord spake unto David my father, saying, Thy son, whom I will set up thy throne in thy room, he shall build an house unto my name. So, as we said, the topic is King Solomon's temple, right? The building of Solomon's temple. Here he says, and behold, I propose to build an house unto the name of the Lord my God, as the Lord spake unto David my father. All right? So, Solomon is speaking to Hiram, and he's telling him, as you know, I want to build a, a, a temple to the Lord my God. All right? Verse 6. Now, therefore, command thou that they 
Hew me cedar trees, cedar trees, cedar trees out of Lebanon, uh-huh. and my servants shall be with thy servants. So now, now Solomon said to Hiram, command your servants to cut down cedar trees, great cedar trees. These trees were very large, the Lebanon trees, very large, the best trees. So Solomon is speaking to Hiram, who had control over this area where these trees were. He said, command your servants to cut down these trees for me. Right? Read on. <clears throat> and unto thee will I give higher. Unto thee will I give higher. Solomon said unto you, will I hire you, Hiram, and your people. I'm going to hire you guys to do this work, right? Go ahead. For thy servants, according to all that thou shalt appoint. Uh-huh. For thou knowest that there is not among us any that can skill the yew timber like unto the Sidonians. So Solomon said to King Hiram, he said, hire, hire your servants. Get your servants to hew down trees for us, for God's temple. Right? We're going to call you. We're going to hire you. I need you to cut down these trees to help us build God's temple. Right? Because out of all the land, we know that the Sidonians, y'all are nice with those trees. Mm. Y'all got the best trees over there in Lebanon, and we need that. The Lord needs that. All right? Read on. Verse 7. And it came to pass, when Hiram heard the words of Solomon... That he rejoiced greatly uh -huh. and said, Blessed be the Lord this day, which had given unto David a wise son over this great people. All right, so Hiram, is he's in the spirit or whatever. He's like, all praises. Uh -huh. We'll do this thing for you, right? Come on. And Hiram sent to Solomon, saying, I have considered the things which thou sentenced to me for. And I will do all that thy desire concerning timber of cedar uh -huh. and concerning timber of fir. Come on. My servants shall bring them down from Lebanon. My servants. So Hiram said, my servants shall bring them down from Lebanon. Unto the sea. And I will convey them by sea in floats unto the place that thou shalt appoint me. And will cause them to be discharged there. And thou shalt receive them. And thou shalt accomplish my desire in giving food for my household. So Hiram gave Solomon cedar trees and fir trees according to all his desire. So anything that Solomon wanted, any amount of wood, any amount of trees that he needed, he a, a king of another nation, mm. Hiram, did it for Solomon. Solomon said, hey, I need that. We need the wood. We need the trees, whatever. Bring it forth. Hiram made sure it happened. He made sure Solomon got what he needed. Come on. Verse 11. And Solomon gave Hiram 20,000 measures of wheat for food to his household and 20 measures of pure oil. Thus gave Solomon to Hiram year by year. So as he was doing this, he was paying taxes, basically. Uh. Had to give him wheat and so forth and oil and all these, uh, what do they call it? Um, uh, no, 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 no. What's the word? Salakia. Uh, 
tributaries. Mm. He was giving tributaries to uh, Solomon. Get, so Solomon's in position right now. He's receiving what he needs from another nation. All right? Read on. Verse 12. Verse 12. And the Lord gave Solomon wisdom uh-huh. as he promised him. And there was peace between Hiram and Solomon. And they two made a league together. And the two made a league together. They were at peace. They had an agreement. All right. So that is a little bit on Hiram in the scriptures. All right. The Masons tell you Hiram, he was the architect and he had the, uh, the, he had all the plans. Mm. He had the blueprints for Solomon's temple, right? He was the one, the man who built it, built Solomon's temple. Well, as we see here in the scriptures, he was a king, not even an architect. He was a king that hired his servants that he was over to bring forth materials, building materials for God's temple. All right. So the scriptures talk about this happening. The scriptures speak of Israel, when you're in a position and you're blessed and you're keeping the commandments and you're in your place that you're supposed to be, that your enemies also will come forth and do whatever it is that you need them to do, right? Let's let's look at that. Let's look at Exodus chapter 23 and verse 27 real quick. Exodus chapter 23 and verse 27. I will send my fear before thee uh-huh. and will destroy all the people to whom thou shalt come. And I will make all thine enemies. And the Lord said, I will make all thine enemies turn their backs unto thee. Uh-huh. And I will send hornets before thee, which shall drive out the Hivite, the Canaanite, and the Hittite, Hittite from before thee. Right. So the Most High said, when the Most High is dealing with you, he's going to make your enemies turn away from you. Mm. Your enemies ain't going to be your enemies no more. Your enemies are now your friends. Mm. Or your enemies are now saying, you know what? Your father, King David, I love that man. Right. He was a good man. So much so to the point where when Solomon requested timber from Hiram, he got it with no problem. Your enemies, they don't serve the same God as you. But your enemies will say, bless me the Lord God this day. Mm. That's what we're trying to return to, Israel. We're trying to return to that place where our own enemies cannot speak even against the Lord thy God. That our own enemies will cooperate with us with things that we are, are, are seeking to do. That's power from the Most High. That's, a, that's favor from the Most High, all right? So, as we mentioned, Hiram was a king, right? Let's right. see what else. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 60. Isaiah chapter 60, and give me verses 10 to 14. Isaiah chapter 60 and verse 10. And the sons of strangers uh-huh. shall build up thy walls. So the the prophet Isaiah said, and the sons of strangers, other nations, mm. so-called Hiram, Abif as they call him, was another nation. 
king of Tyre, right? The scripture said what? And the sons of strangers shall build up thy walls. When you're on top, when you empower, when you following and walking by the most high, the other nations gonna build up your walls, build up your your whatever it is you got going on. Mm -hmm. The other nations gonna do it for you. That's called blessings, right? The sons of strangers shall build up your walls, and their kings shall minister unto thee. And their kings, mm. even their kings, their wise men, their leaders, their presidents. The other, the Lord said, "I'm gonna make even." The other nations, kings, minister unto you, meaning serve you. Just like Hiram had to serve Solomon, right? Come on. For in my wrath I smote thee, but in my favor have I had mercy on thee. When the Lord was angry with us, hmm. he, he tore us down. But in his mercy, he's going to have favor on us. And that part of that favor is that the other nations... They're not going to be against you. They're going to have to work for you, right? Come on. Therefore, thy gates shall be open continually. They shall not be shut day nor night, that men may bring unto thee the forces of the Gentiles, and mm -hmm. that their kings may be brought. Bring unto thee the forces of the Gentiles. When it says the forces of the Gentiles, it's speaking about the things that they have. Mm. Like, for example... Solomon asked Hiram, give me that wood. The cedar that you have over there, all those things, bring it forth. We need that, right? So if the so-called Chinese man got silk and we need silk for our garments, bring it here. Whoever, African man got diamonds, bring it here. In the gold too. Whoever, whatever you have, the other nations, the Lord, when the Lord has mercy upon Jacob, we're going to be able to receive these things from the sons of strangers and their kings shall minister to us. Mm. Read on. Verse 12. For the nation and kingdom that will not serve thee mm -hmm. shall perish. And if they don't want to serve us, if they don't want to uh, bow down to this righteous way, the Most High said they're going to have to die. They're going to have to perish, right? Come on. Yay. Those nations shall be utterly wasted. Uh-huh. And the Lord said, we're going to put them to death. If, mm. they, do, if they do not want to serve you, they're going to be utterly wasted. Come on. The glory of Lebanon shall come unto thee. The glory of Lebanon. Mm. Didn't we just read about Hiram getting something out of Lebanon? Mm. The glory of Lebanon. Shall come onto thee. Come on. The fir tree. Those giant trees that they have over there. The pine tree. Uh-huh. And the box together to beautify the place of my sanctuary. Uh-huh. And I will make the place of my feet glorious. So the Lord already told you it's going to happen. Uh -huh. He said, we're going to get the forces of the Gentiles, the glory of Lebanon, those trees. And I'm going to use those things to beautify and build my sanctuary, right? Verse 14. Verse 14. The sons also of them that afflicted thee. And the sons, mm. King Hiram and all the other ones, all whoever your sons are, the children of the other nations. That afflicted thee shall come bending unto thee. Uh-huh. And all they that despise thee shall bow themselves 
down at the soles of thy feet, and they shall call thee the city of the Lord, the Zion of the Holy One of Israel. Right, right. So, these individuals, the other nations, they are going to come and they're going to serve us in that day. And they served our forefathers. They served Solomon, as we're reading, right? So, we understand who we are today. We understand that we are the Israelites, right? Freemasonry will have you go through a reenactment or a ritual and you're acting as Hiram. You are Hiram Abiff. You are that person, right? The truth and the first thing that we're going to tell you is no, that's, that's, you're not Hiram. Mm. You actually are Solomon. That's right. <laughs> Israel, you are not Hiram Abiff. So, so-called black masons out there, you're not Hiram. That's, that's cheap stuff. That's insignificant. Hiram Abiff, and he got the secrets. He gave us the handshake, and, and he got the architect. No, 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 no. You're greater than Hiram. Hiram was just an African from Tyree. You actually are Solomon himself. That's right. You actually are from the bloodline of Judah. You actually are the Israelites. You are the rulers. You are the kings. Right? But they bring this whole Hiram thing and put it in secrecy or whatever to throw you off. Because the building of the temple... It's not about Hiram. Nobody cares about Hiram. He was called to be a servant and bring something to us. The building of the temple was, was about Solomon. It was about the most high. Solomon was the one that was given that duty to do that. Right? So, from there. And, and that, that old temple, that old temple was a similar to for something greater and much later. So, with that being said, you are not Hiram. You're not Hiram Abiff. You're not Hiram, the king of Tyree. You actually are Solomon. You are Solomon. You're the king, right? Let's read on. From there, let's go to the book of Acts, chapter 1 and verse 6. Acts chapter 1 and verse 6. Acts chapter 1 and verse 6. <clears throat> when they therefore were come together, uh -huh. they asked of him, saying, Lord, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? So the apostles, when speaking to Christ, the apostles asked Christ, Lord, would you read it again? Lord, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? Will you at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? That's the kingdom of heaven. That's, right. that's the kingdom. That's the great glorious temple that's coming down from the heavens. So, guess what? You are the Israelites. You're not Hiram, an architect, building with stones and a stonemason. 
You're something greater than that. You are Solomon. You are above that. You're above him. And the kingdom belongs to you, Israel. Restore the kingdom again to Israel. So the kingdom of heaven is for Israel. It is Israel. The coming together of our nation, that is the kingdom of heaven. And that's what you must be building, right? You got to be building towards the kingdom of heaven, all right? From there, let's go to Exodus chapter 19 and verse 6. Exodus chapter 19 and verse 6. And ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests. The Lord said that Israel shall be unto him a kingdom of priests. And an holy nation. And a holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. So Israel is a kingdom of priests. In a holy nation. Alright. We are the kingdom. That temple represented us. That temple represented something greater. Than just the stone. And the wood. And all the gems and the gold. Right. So. Don't be distracted by these little secrets. That are. Putting you in the direction of one person, Hiram, as the Freemasons speak on and reenact, and you lose sight of the real importance. The real importance is not Hiram. It's not a big secret. Oh, Hiram Abiff. He, no, that's not a big thing. The big secret is Solomon. The big secret is Christ. The big secret is Israel, that we are the holy nation and a kingdom of all right. From there, let's go to Matthew chapter 12. Because the topic is Solomon's temple, right? We're dealing with Solomon's temple right now. Who? The Masons love this guy, Hiram Abiff. Call him the great architect mm -hmm. that built Solomon's temple, had the secrets to Solomon's temple, how to build it, and so forth. But what we're showing you, who got those secrets? Who, who's the nation? Mm. It's the kingdom of Israel. Ain't about Hiram. How would Hiram have the secrets? And we read in the scripture what he did. He was just a king of Tyre that brought forth materials. Right. right? That's right. it. Read on. Matthew chapter 12, start at verse 1. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 1. At that time, Jesus went... On the Sabbath day, uh -huh. through the corn, and his disciples were an hundred, and began to pluck the ears of corn and to eat. Right. So Christ walking with his disciples, and they became hungry. Mm. So they started to pluck corn. Didn't cook. Right. Cooking and plucking corn and cooking are two different things. You see corn, you take it off the the stalk, and you eat it. You, t you see an apple or whatever, you take it off the fruit, off the tree, you eat it. Huh. That's different than kindling a flame and having your wife go and cook for you. 
All right, read on. Verse 2. But when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto him, Behold, thy disciples do that which is not lawful to do upon the Sabbath day. Come on. Verse 3. But he said unto them, Have you not read what David did when he was in hunger? And they that were with him. Mm-hmm. How he entered into the house of God and did eat the shoe bread, which was not lawful for him to eat, neither for them which were with him, but only for the priests. <clears throat> so now Christ is referring to in the scriptures where David was hungry, running from uh, King Saul, and he asked the priest, hey, we haven't eaten anything. Can we have this bread? And the priest told him, hey, this ain't no common bread. This ain't regular bread. This is for us. This is the priest, priestly bread. Mm. Right? So Christ is telling telling this story because the, the Pharisees are like, yo, your, 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 your disciples are doing something that's unlawful. Mm. So now Christ is like, oh, they're doing something unlawful? You think that's unlawful what they're doing? Mm. Well, let me ask you this. You Do you know anything about David? When he did what was unlawful, eating the bread that didn't belong to him, mm. but to the priests? So now the Lord, now Christ is going to show you what, you know, he's going to show you the point of that. Read on. Verse 5. Or have you not read in the law how that on the Sabbath days the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless? Higher level, mm -hmm. higher level stuff. Come on. But I say unto you that in this place is one greater than the temple. Read that again. But I say unto you that in this place, that in this place right now standing before <laughs> you is one greater than the temple is one greater than the temple. Mm. Christ is speaking of himself. Christ mm. is speaking of himself right now. Hey, y'all talking about this, that, and the third. You talking about the temple. Well, guess what? I'm telling you something right now. There's one standing. There's one greater than the temple mm. right now. Right? Read on. But if ye had known what this meaneth, uh -huh. I would have mercy <laughs> and not sacrifice. You would not have condemned the guiltless. Right. Because the Lord said, I will have mercy and not sacrifice. Huh. The Lord wants to have mercy on Israel. He wants you to repent. He wants you to keep his commandments. He don't care about all your burnt offerings, all your sacrifices, mm. and you still wicked as hell. You saving your big fat ram so that you can go, uh, you know you're going to sin because it's your birthday weekend and you got a big goat back there that you're going to sacrifice. No, the Lord don't want your sacrifice. He want your heart. Mm. Right? Come on. Verse 8. For the Son of Man is Lord, even of the Sabbath day. Uh-huh. And when he was departed thence. That's it on that. That's it on that. For the Son of Man is Lord on the Sabbath day. So the point that we want to get out of that is that Christ told us that one greater, one greater than mm. the temple is here. All right? So this is important because, again, our brothers that are in Freemasonry, they go into a whole thing about Solomon's temple and so forth. But we're telling you that one greater than that temple is here. That temple don't even stand no more, uh -huh. right? So the temple that we need to be building towards is something greater, right? From there, let's go to the book of John, chapter 2. 
and verse 22. Ah, Salakia, John chapter 2, verse 13 through 22. <clears throat> John chapter 2 and verse 13. And the Jews' Passover was at hand. Uh-huh. And Jesus went up to Jerusalem and found in the temple those that sold oxen and sheep and doves and the changers of money sitting. And when he had made a scourge of small cords, uh -huh. he drove them all out of the temple. So now Christ went there, went to the temple. He saw people selling at the temple. Mm. Oh, hey, I got some goats. I got some doves. I got some things. You, you need to go to the temple. You got to go do your set. I got all this. The Lord done cut, got some cords, got some sticks together. To make a switch mm. and went in there after these dudes, right? Come on. And the sheep and the oxen and poured out the changers' money and overthrew the tables. And Christ, oh, Christ is, oh, y'all brothers are too aggressive. <laughs> you got to be nice. You got, why are you raising your voice like that? You were out of the spirit. Uh. How you think they was looking at Christ at this time? He done made a, he done got a stick and then went and ran them out of there. Get the hell out of here. What's wrong with you? Overthrew their tables. The tables Flipping tables over. Forget this. <laughs> that ain't no uh, soft Christianity, Cesar Bouger. No, that's a mighty man right there. Flipping over tables. Come on. And said unto them that sold doves, take these things hence. Uh -huh. Make not my father's house and house of merchandise. Right. And his disciples remembered that it was written, the zeal of thine house had eaten me up. Then answered the Jews and said unto him, what signs showest thou unto us, seeing that thou doest these things? Jesus answered and said unto them, destroy this temple. Christ said, this temple that's here, that we're looking at, <laughs> Solomon's temple. Destroy this temple. And in three days, I will raise it up. And in just three days, I'll raise the temple back up. Come on. Then said the Jews, <coughs> 40 and six years was this temple in building. And wilt thou rear it up in three days? Come on. But he spake of the temple of his body. He did what? Spake of the temple of his body. So that greater temple that we have now that we are building towards mm. is not stone and brick and wood. Mm. It's the temple of our bodies. That's right. In the temple of Christ's body, that's the real temple. Mm. Right? Come on. When therefore he was risen from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this unto them, that they believed the scripture and the word which Jesus had said. Right, right. So as he died, he remembered that this happened. All right. He remembered that this happened. So the temple is speaking of Christ, of speaking of Christ, why that's the true temple that we have to deal with. All right. From there, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 19. 
What? Now, what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? So, the scriptures tell us that your body, your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Come on. Which is in you. Uh-huh. Which ye have of God. And, and ye are not your own. Right. Because guess what? God's spirit dwelleth in you. The Holy Ghost, that spirit that keeps you alive, that spirit that allowed you to wake up, that breath of life that's in you that keeps you moving, that's the that's the spirit of the Lord. And when you die and you your body turns to dust, your spirit gonna go back to the Most High, mm. right? So while you're walking around and you're doing all these things, your body is a temple. Your body is a temple to the Most High, right? That's the important temple that we need to be worried about is your body. Your body is the temple. So there's service. There's holy service that needs to be done within our bodies. Come on. Verse, Verse 20. 20. For ye are brought, you are bought with a price. And we were bought with a very high expensive price. What price is that? The blood of Christ. Mm. Right? Come on. Therefore, glorify God in your body. Therefore, because we were bought with a high price and because the Spirit of God dwells in us, therefore, do what? Glorify God in your body. Therefore, glorify God in your body. And in your spirit, which are God's. Right, right. So therefore, use your body for good. Use your body for good, not for wickedness, mm. not for hot girl summer, mm. not for uh, whatever. Abuse yourself with drugs. Mm. Use your body for righteousness. Give your body for the Lord because his spirit dwells in you. Right? So, still dealing with this Hiram topic, right? Well, we're showing you first, the first main secret is it's not about, it's not about that temple, that old temple in Hiram. All of that is phony stuff. All of that is fake stuff. What really matters is the temple of your body, that spiritual temple, right? And you're not Hiram. Hiram, that's just stuff to throw us off the Masons teaching. Oh, we got the the knowledge, the wisdom, and all this secret stuff. And our brothers go go crazy to be a part of these things. Mm. But it ain't no real wisdom there. Now, again, like I said, the, the so-called, the white masons, the so-called white masons, they know what all these little things mean, right? They know that Hiram is not really Hiram. They know that Solomon is the one. So, Hiram, they give you Hiram, but it's really about Solomon. But Solomon also represents something else. It represents all Israel. Mm -hmm. Right? The secret is us. We are the children of Israel. We are God's chosen people. We are the ones. Right? So in this thing, 
in this fraternity, right? Men teach that Hiram, a master architect, was killed and attacked by three ruffians. Mm. He was killed and attacked by three ruffians and buried in a shallow grave in the northeast corner. When brothers are being initiated into this mess, they reenact this, which you see there. That's the reenacting of Hiram being attacked by the three ruffians. But it's all greater meaning, right? Hiram was attacked and killed by three ruffians. And they buried him in a shallow grave, all right? So a shallow grave means he wasn't that deep. He wasn't that deep in the ground. He could come back if he wanted to. And that grave is in the northeast corner of the room. So we're going to get an understanding of what this is talking about. What these brothers are talking about when they say all this, right? Hiram Abiff attacked by three ruffians. Three rough men. Right? And buried in a shallow grave in the northeast corner. So let's see. I know I know some of y'all might not understand what's being said. You should be pick, able to pick up on some of this stuff. But let's go to our next script. Let's go to the book of Luke. Luke 21. Because we just told you that Hiram, that's not important. What's really important is Solomon. And Solomon is Israel. Right? He's an Israelite. King of Israel. Israel also is a nation of kings and priests, right? Mm -hmm. Representing all of us. We are all kings and priests in this body under Christ, right? So let's see. Hiram being attacked by three ruffians, what is that talking about? Luke chapter 21 and verse 24. Luke chapter 21 and verse 24. And they shall fall by the edge of the sword. It says... Christ prophesied that they, the Israelites, will fall by the edge of the sword and shall be led away captive into all nations. Uh-huh. And Jerusalem shall be trotted down of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. Right. So the prophecy of Israel being led away into all nations, right? Um. This is a similar to of the Hiram Abiff story because the Hiram Abiff story is about you, Israel. But the black masons don't know because they don't know who they are. But these white masons, as they're in there doing these initiations and doing all these rituals and so forth, and they're reenacting this story, and putting other names on top of it, they understand what they're talking about. So Hiram being attacked represents Israel falling, being fallen by the edge of the sword, right? Mm. And being led away captive into all nations, the slave trade, mm. right? You see our people 
Look at them ruffians rounding our people up. They rounded our people up. Beat us over the head. Beat us over the head. And the three ruffians, who were those three ruffians? Let's get that pick. Who are the three ruffians? Who does that represent? Britain, France, and Spain. Mm. Those are your three ruffians right there. That took the master architect of the temple of God. Mm. Solomon's holy temple. We got knocked upside the head by three ruffians. Great Britain, Spain, and France. Those are your three rough ends. Them rough people, them rough neck people mm. that came to us as a people and, and rounded us up and took us away out of our land and buried us in a shallow grave in the northeast mm. corner. There go your three ruffians right there. And the master architect of God's kingdom is who? It ain't Hiram. It's Solomon. But Solomon is who? He represents Israel. He represents you, the children of Israel. All right? So from there, let's go to our next scripture. Let's go to Revelation 11 and verse 8. What we're dealing with now is how they say that Hiram was killed and beat up by these three ruffians and buried in a shallow grave in the northeast corner, right? Revelation chapter 11 and verse 8. And their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, mm -hmm. which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt. Right. So their dead bodies... Whose dead bodies? The children of Israel. We are spiritually dead. Mm. We're laying in a shallow grave right now. Our people. Go outside and look at, look at this nation. Look at our nation. Spiritually dead. Mm. In a shallow grave. Attacked by three ruffians. Brought over to this place. Right? Laying in the streets. Everywhere you go, you see our people in the streets, dead. Whether they running around, uh, gang banging, doing drugs, selling themselves. Our people are, this nation is spiritually dead. Mm. And them so-called white masons know when they when they do these things and they reenact and they're being put to death and they're reenacting their death and the rising up again, they know what they're doing. They know who they really are representing. It's representing you, Israel. It's about you. All that stuff is about you. That's why all them presidents from back then and even to this present day, they were all Masons. They were all Masons. They all had to know the secrets. Mm -hmm. They had to know what the real deal is about this. And what the real deal is, the children of Israel, we have them in captivity. 
We, we are the three ruffians that knocked the children of Israel upside the head mm. and buried them in a shallow grave in the northeast corner. We are those three ruffians that did that, right? That's what, the, that's what the, those so-called white masons understand. Mm. And they keep that thing a secret. That's the great secret. All this stuff, you know, about uh, handshakes or whatever, that stuff ain't no secret. That stuff just to, just to throw you off. This is the real secret of the masons, right? And it's a daggone shame, too, that you got all them so-called black masons over here, and they don't know a thing. They don't know who they are. They don't even know who they serving, what God they serving right now. Right? From there, let's go to Ezekiel 37 and 11. Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 11. Then he said unto me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. These bones, these bones, the, the valley of the dry bones, mm. the dead people that you see, spiritually dead here in America. We are the, the valley of the dry bones. It represents the whole house of Israel. Mm. That's who you are. That's what it represents. It represents the whole house of Israel. Right? That's it on it? No. Go ahead. Behold, they say, our bones are dried and our hope is lost. We are cut off for our parts. Yeah, and that's what our people say. That's what our people say. Our people feel that they, don't, they have no hope. Mm. There's nothing that we can do. I'm just an N-word. I'm black. I hope we have no hope. Right? So, again, Hiram Abeth, who was attacked by three ruffians. The three ruffians represent England, Spain, and France. Mm -hmm. Those three ruffians who came to us and beat us upside the head and buried us in a shallow grave in the northeast corner. What is the northeast corner? Uh -huh. Jeremiah chapter 16. Why does it say that? Why do Freemasons do these things? Yeah. Why do they, why does he have to be buried in the northeast corner? Right? Let's see. Jeremiah chapter 16, verses 14 and 15. Jeremiah chapter 16, verse 14. Therefore, behold, the days come, uh -huh. said the Lord. That it shall no more be said, the Lord liveth that brought up the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. Come on. But the Lord liveth that brought up the children of Israel from the land of the north. From where? The land of the north. So in the land of the north, no longer will it be said. That the Lord liveth that brought us out of Egypt, but the Lord liveth that brought us from the land of the north. The great architect of God's kingdom mm. was, quote unquote, buried in a shallow grave in the northeast corner of the room. Mm. Just as we were stolen 
by three ruffians and we were spiritually buried in the northeast corner. We were in North America and we was on the east coast. Hmm. That's where they brought us all. That's where they buried us for dead on the northeast corner. They didn't bring us over here for our good. They didn't bring us over here to uh to be risen. Mm. No. They brought us here for our damnation. They buried us and thought that we that was it. That was the end of us. But God said it's a shallow grave. Mm. You can get up out that thing. Right? He said that we can rise up. And he said he will rise us up, right? Go ahead. And will bring them again into their land. And the Lord said he's going he's to take us out of that grave. He's going to pick us up out of that shadow, shallow grave. And he's going to bring us again into our land. Go ahead. That I gave unto their fathers. Right. That the, the land... That the Lord gave unto our fathers. So, as we mentioned, this is all similitudes, and that's what Hiram Abiff is representing. He's representing Israel, the, the great architect of the temple, right? And that's who we are. We are those architects of God's temple. We're the real architects of God's temple. But we ain't no Hiram, king of Tyre. We actually are King Solomon. We actually are the royalty, the blood, the Israelites. But we've been attacked by three ruffians and buried in a shallow grave in the northeast corner. But as we read in Jeremiah, the Lord said he's going to bring us up again. Raise us up as a people. Right? So now, as those brothers that are in the fraternity, Freemasonry, when you get up to your third degree and you're in that grave symbolically, the only thing that can raise that man out of that dead position, raise him from a horizontal to a perpendicular, the only thing that can raise that man up is the Grip of a lion's paw. Mm. And you might think this is some weird stuff, right? Mm. It's a grip of a lion's paw. That's the only thing that can raise the man up from the dead position. Why is that language? Why does it say that? Why does it say a grip of a lion's paw, right? Let's get the, the, uh, the excerpt that I have. We don't post that. I had a brother read that. Let us know when it's posted. Read what you got. <clears throat> An important form found among Freemasons is the lion's paw or grip formed by placing the fingers in the form of a cat's paw. This grip 
and its attendant reference to the line of the tribe of Judah. The what? The line of the tribe of Judah. I don't know what these Masons be talking about, man. They be trying to talk about stuff. They don't know what they talking about. Come on. As significance in several respects, both legendary and allegorical. All right. So, this lion's paw, they said, it has importance. Mm. Right? And significance in several respects, both legendary and allegorical. So as a master mason is laying there, or soon to be master mason, soon to be raised up to the degree of a master mason, the only thing that can bring him out of that grave, out of that shallow grave, is the grip of a lion's paw. Mm. The only thing that can rouse him up from being dead like a pussycat, mm. and turn him into a lion is a grip of a lion's paw. Like I said, the secret is about you, O Israel. All these secrets that's going on, all these presidents that, that's learning these things, Lion of Judah, why are they learning about that? And, and then telling you it's Hiram Abiff's story. Hiram mm. wasn't no Israelite from the tribe of Judah. Mm. So why he doing a lion's paw? Right? There you go. More uh, symbolism. The only thing that can pull that man out of that grave is a paw, a lion's paw, a lion's grip. Let's see. Why is it, what is this talking about? Let's go to Genesis chapter 49, verse 8, verses 8 through 10. Genesis chapter 49 and verse 8. Judah, thou art he whom thy brethren shall praise. Thy hand shall be in the neck of thine enemies. Uh -huh. Thy father's children shall bow down before thee. Mm, come on. Judah is a lion's whelp. Judah is a lion's whelp. Come on. From the prey, my son. Thou art gone up. Uh-huh. He stooped down. See, we stooped down right now. Judas stooped down. Come on. He he couched as a lion. And he couched as a lion, right? And has an old lion. And as an old lion. You ever see an old lion? He don't move. He don't run. He don't jump. He just lay down on his side. <laughs> That's us right now. That's Judah. Laying down on a side, pacified by the master, hmm. right? Pacified on the floor, won't rise up. But when a young lion is, is, is around, everybody's on guard, hmm. right? What does the scripture say? Go ahead. Who, <clears throat> who shall rouse him up? Who shall rouse him up? Who shall rouse Judah up? Hmm. Who's going to wake Judah up? Who's going to pull Judah out of that shallow grave and rouse him up and pull him out of that thing from being dead, dead bodies in the street, hmm. valley of uh, dry bones? Who's going to rouse Judah up 
and bring him out of that thing and bring turn him into the mighty ruler and the king and the lion who he's supposed to be. Only the lion's paw grip. Mm. And the lion of Judah is who? Christ. Mm. Christ is the lion of Judah. And he's the one who is going to rouse up this nation. Right? Read on. Verse 10. The scepter, the, sh the, scepter. the scepter shall not depart from Judah, uh -huh. nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh. Shiloh come, and unto him shall the gathering of the people be. Right. So who's the one? Who's that lion of Judah that has that grip of a lion's paw? That lion of Judah, the significance that they were telling you? There's some significance there in reference to the line of Judah. It's Christ. Christ is that one. Right? But guess what? My uh, brothers and sisters that are dealing with these uh, fraternities. You ain't going to be roused up by Christ while you dealing in madness. You ain't going to be roused up by Christ while you are pledging yourself with oaths to certain things. You have to repent. You have to turn to the Bible. You have to turn to Christ. You have to turn to the God of Israel. You have to keep the commandments with faith in Christ. It don't matter how much charity you do. Oh, we are a charitable organization. It don't matter. You have to keep God's commandments. So, as long as any organization, though they may have some secrets, any fraternity may have some secrets, may have some things going on, may know some things, may reference some other things. None of it matters if it's not a righteous organization that's promoting godliness according to the scriptures. That's walking in godliness. You can't make good men better without God's laws. Mm. Can't make good men better without following the scriptures and following Christ as it is written. So all my brothers that are out there, maybe in these organizations and over churches and in these organizations and working your little banking jobs or in these organizations and on our biggest stage of entertainment, you must repent. You must repent and follow after Christ. Right? Your, your, your lodge and your worshipful master, there is no worshipful master. The only worshipful master is Christ. He's the one that we are to worship. And he is the only master. Don't call any man master on earth. For you only have one master. There's only one master. That's Christ. So all praises to the Most High. We're not going to get too much deeper. This is just part one. Maybe, Lord's will, we'll go into more and more on this topic for you one day. But I just wanted to scratch the surface on it today. All right? All praises to the Most High Christ. I pray that we're able to reach maybe some of our brothers that used to be dealing with that fraternity and different things like that. And also, we want to let you know, guess what? There's a righteous fraternity in Israel. It's called Maccabee Men, mm. where you don't have to walk 
unrighteously, but you can walk righteously. You don't have to bind yourself with uh, ungodly oaths mm. and secretive stuff. <laughs> you ain't got to do all of that. You can be righteous, keeping God's commandments. And you're going to learn a lot. You're going to do charity in Israel. And you're going to learn a lot. You're going to become serious. And we will make good men better. How? With God's laws. Because the law is good and the law is holy. All right? So all praises to the Most High in Christ. With that, we say Shalom. Shalom. Welcome to the What Your Pastor Won't Tell You podcast. Each week, we go on an in-depth scriptural journey to awaken the nation of Israel who are scattered to the four corners of the earth. Our lessons are focused on instructing Israel to repent and to return to God's laws, statutes, and commandments. Also, feel free to subscribe to our YouTube channel, Humble Beginnings. And with that, take a listen.